You are now in tune to a 726 studio production. <laughs> yeah, let me stop my shit. Yo, what's up? And welcome back to another episode of Planet Josh. Today, I'm joined by Canadian-Mexican podcaster, restaurant owner, crypto guy, so many different labels, Eddie <laughs> Gonzalez. Welcome to Planet Josh, man. Thanks, brother. Uh, thanks for having me. I, I love doing the podcasts and yeah, as many as I can get on and as many people I can get onto mine, man. I love it. Yeah, just call this returning the favor. So appreciate it, brother. For those of you that don't know, like what, maybe three weeks ago? About it there, was three weeks. Yeah. About that, yeah. I had the privilege of being on Eddie's show, which we will get into later on in this episode. We'll talk more about it, okay. but Sounds it was a great good. experience, great time to just, you know, talk with someone connect with someone that's actually doing a podcast as well. Yeah, so that, that, that was a fun experience. So without yeah, further ado, who is Eddie? Tell us more right. about Eddie. Okay, so my name is Eddie, Edgar Gonzalez, right? I was born in Canada. My parents are from Mexico. And actually, my older sister was also born in Mexico. And so my family immigrated to Canada for work. And I was the first one born in Canada. I also have a younger brother. Uh, about 20 years ago, I believe, almost 20. This December will be 20 years. Uh, I moved to Taiwan. Wow. And I came here. I was coaching soccer because, uh, you know, Me and we love soccer, right? Uh, Me uh, Mexican culture. For sure. Uh, football, right? It's, it's pretty big. And so from a young age, I played. And even from a young age, I coached, loved it, came out here. I, was, I did my own little soccer school for a while was pretty good. I enjoyed that. Uh, I also taught, taught some English. Uh, also, to be honest, I love that as well. I know a lot of people kind of, they might, they might not think that's the best thing, but I love yeah. that, man. It was great. Kindergarten was teaching. Kindergarten was probably probably my favorite job to this day. <laughs> okay. it's, it's great. I love kindergarten. Um, yeah. came out here to the restaurant uh, because we actually started uh, with a stand so about 15 years ago, I got married and my wife wanted a change of, of scenery, change of job. So she wanted to do a coffee shop. And I told her, you know, I, I always say the same story, but uh, basically for me being not a super duper coffee connoisseur, it would be tough for me to, to be like, all of a sudden I'm Mr. Coffee. Right. So, uh, you know, my family's Mexican I, and she liked the food. I said, well, we can try this. This is something that I can do. And if I have any issues, I just call my mom, <laughs> ask for the recipes. Right. And that's yeah, it, man. Yeah. So we started that with about uh, almost 15 years ago, uh, a stand inside a night market. And then fast forward 15 years, we've had, you know, we opened up to two and then one and then two and then one again. Yeah. 15 year sort of a road in a nutshell, I guess. Yeah. Right there. Okay. That's a, that's a lot all here in <laughs> Taiwan to say the least. All here, brother. Yeah. So, you know, I have to do what you usually do. I'm do taking it. this. I'm taking this one out of your book, and that's please. Why did you decide to come to Taiwan? Okay, so I was, so I did what I, for my schooling in Canada. I did policing, right? I did criminology in in a university, and one of the summers uh, before I actually finished the the, the actual course, um, I got wind of okay, uh, they are accepting applications for the for the police for RCMP in Canada. And I said, okay, well, I'm not finished yet, but let me, 
uh, let me just take the test. So I went in, I took the test, passed the written. Uh, I was like 22 or something. So the physical was super duper easy. Right. And I got all the way to the first thing I failed was the eye exam. <laughs> They're like, okay, so you failed the eye exam. And I said, so what are my options? They said, well, give up, go do Ooh, something else. That's brutal. Or, or get laser eye surgery. And I was like, holy crap, that's not much of a choice. Right. So I talked to my parents and they said, yeah, at that time, way back. It, I mean, I don't know about now, but it was pretty expensive. And so my parents were like, yeah, we know you want to do this. So let's do it. So we went, I got the laser eye surgery, went back, passed the eye exam, passed another test. And then I got all the way to the final interview. And the final interview is like a two or three hour sort of a grill fest. And they ask you kind of a weird questions. But in the end, uh, I didn't pass that because I was too young. They said, you know, you're from a really small town. Nothing's you know, really going on here. There's kind of like a murder here, like once a decade or once every two decades. So there's really not much going on. So we need you to go get life experience and then reapply. And I said, how long does it take till I can reapply again? And they said, you've got to wait two years. So I said, well, two years, that's a long time, right? Especially when you're like a 21 year old guy, you're like, hey, let's go, let's go, let's go. And so I thought, okay, I was coaching soccer. I did that. I took a, a, a sort of an all-star team from Canada to Mexico for a tournament. It was good. It was good. But I just thought, okay, let's, uh, let's switch it up. I got two years to do something else. And I had some friends that had come out here and they worked in Taichung. Okay. Said it was great. They said it was great. Taichung was great. And I said, you know what? I, I would like to check that out. I looked at uh, Japan, Korea, uh, Taiwan, and sort of all the countries out here. And I figured if I could learn another language, Mandarin would be good. But uh, I don't know. I have some friends. I have some like uh, friends from Taiwan in Canada, like first generation Canadian. So I just thought, yeah, I didn't think too much. I said, I got to go do something. So I came here. The one thing I wanted to make sure of was that it was in the capital city because uh, where I live, it's a really small town and there's not much going on. So I figured let's go somewhere where stuff is happening. So I yeah. came here. Yeah. Makes sense because they did tell you, you got to go out there and get some life experience. You know, you can't yeah, exactly. go from, you can't go from one small place to another small, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's exactly it, brother. You know, so I came out here, I figured, um, come maybe one or two years, but to be honest, man, it was, it was, it was a pretty cool experience. Uh, people were nice, beautiful woman everywhere. The pay was pretty good. Nice weather. You, you can eat you know, expensive stuff, but you can also eat cheap, right? I mean, you're a college kid, right? You, you know, you can find yeah, the deal, sure. right? So I remember, you know, you can find some good deals. I remember the first apartment I was at, uh, there was this like alley behind it. And there was this lady selling like wonton soup. I think it was like 50 or 60 NT, like a big bowl of soup. And I would go like almost every night and just peg out. And I was like, yeah, I, I would give her a hundred. I'm like, I'll just keep the hundred. And I would like peg out. It was crazy. It's, it's there's some some good deals for sure out there. It's always in the little corners that, you know, I feel like us as foreigners don't necessarily know about, but all the, sure. lo the locals know the little hidden places that you can get good food for a great price. Yeah, I agree. So, I agree. And, and, and also it's similar to like, uh, I don't know about Belize, but Mexico has a lot of like night markets and alleys and, you know, people selling food on the street. And I love that. that so that's one thing that I think that Canada is kind of missing. But okay. uh, Mexico has that. And that's one of my favorite things about it. So when I came here, 
I was like, oh, great. This is just like an Asian Mexico, man. It's perfect for me. <laughs> so I stayed. Okay. Yeah. So you said at first you wanted to, you know, the initial plan was maybe one or two years. Yeah. Just, just to, you know, I guess in a sense to kill the time before you can go sure. back and exactly. retake the, the exam. Exactly. Now you're here almost 20 years later. At what point yeah. in time did you decide, okay, this is so where after- I'm going to be long term? Yeah. So, so, okay. So good question, actually. Um, it wasn't like a light bulb, but it kind of was, you know, after, uh, I believe it was my first or second year. Um, I went home and I had two months off, right? So, you know, you don't go home for a while you get home, you see mom and she's making tamales and all the stuff that you like. Right. And it was great. Uh, but you know, one, two, three weeks that goes by and you're loving that. It's great. And then all of a sudden everyone goes back to work. So my second month there, I was just kind of at home alone, you know, with the dog, you know, and I was deciding, should I come back? I still had the open ticket. Like, should I come back or should I reapply to the RCMP? And, and I was just there, like literally, you know, you go, go to the gym in the morning, you come back, you kind of clean the house, you know, you walk the dog and then you're like, geez, it's not even 12 yet. (laughs) So uh, I got nothing to do because everybody's back at work. Right. So I'm thinking, okay, I mean, should I get a job? What should I do? And I'm like looking around and I'm thinking, you know, Taipei was, was great. It was great. I was pretty easy to get work and good paying work. And I love kids. I've been coaching from a young age. And so I'm pretty good with kids. It was just a pretty easy transition for me. And I thought, you know what? This is great. Uh, I think I'm going to go back. So I told my mom, yeah, I'm going to go back. And and she's just like, okay, you know, as long as you're happy. And yeah, you know, I am pretty happy here. I love it. And you know, that's the crazy thing is like when you were mentioning about when you just got home, you know, everything is pretty good when you just get back for the first time. Yeah, always. And that was the same for me in my first year. You get back, it's like, okay, you miss all the food that you're used to eating. So you're eating everything. You get to see everyone, family, friends. But then that runs out pretty fast. You get, (laughs) you know, you get, not to say you get tired of them, but it's just like, okay, I already got my dose. It's like a recharge. Yeah, you already recharged and it's like, okay. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm ready to go again. Yeah, that's exactly right, man. That's exactly what happened to me. Uh, I came out here, and, and when I, as soon as I came back, uh, I went back to my my job, and and it was great. And I found some other jobs. I focused more on on soccer, and I just thought, you know what, I really should, if I'm going to stay, I should learn some of the language, right? So 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 I did slowly. I mean, it took a long time. It's pretty decent now. But that's like, I've been here for almost half my life. It should be, right? So, yeah. <laughs> it should be, right? I still can't really read or write. So one of the weird things is you get used to being illiterate, which is which is so strange. You know, you're outside. You just can't read anything. I mean, eventually you can you can recognize some characters. A, a, a but, few, yeah. Yeah, but, but you know, as to go and, you know, read the newspaper or something, that's uh, no chance. Yeah. I mean, at least you're able to communicate with people, so... Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that was always the funny thing is uh, back home, I was really, really, really a shy person. So I always want to tell people that are shy, you know, just to try to get out of that comfort zone because uh, when you're shy, you miss a lot of opportunities. And I did, but when I came out here, 
you know, it was about a month or two of, of kind of being shy and just kind of staying in my apartment all day after work. And I was like, man, I got I got to do something. This is this is not working. So, you know, I, I was always like, nah, man, I'm not going to go. No, nah, I'm not going to go. So I switched from that to like, yeah, saying kind of yes to everything, saying, you know what, you're going to go out. Let's go out for lunch. Let's go for coffee. Let's do that. I would just be like, yep, let's go. Let's go. And you, you kind of grow your friend's base and stuff. And then, yeah, I, I like to just want to say that to people because, yeah, sometimes people, you know, shy, shy is a tough thing to shake. But uh, oh, can, yes, if you can get out of that, brother, you know, it, I'm not saying you I'm just saying to anybody. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I can a, relate. And I think it goes, I guess I can relate to 100 percent what you're saying. And I think it goes with, you know, the change of scenery, changing your environment, because you're already back home. You're already used to being shy there. Yeah. So for you to make a complete change, it's like uh, it, it just feels out of place because you're already OK. I'm the shy guy. That's it. Yes. And then you go somewhere else and you kind of you don't 100 percent change who you are. Right. Yeah. But, yeah for sure. but you you adapt, you learn something new, you put yourself out there. Yeah. And I think yourself. Yeah, go ahead. Please go ahead. And yeah. sorry, but um, you saying that you're a shy guy based Super on the shy. person I met. And we talked on your podcast and here we are. It's kind of hard to tell <laughs> that you would be considered a shy guy at, at some point in time. It, it's funny because uh, all the people f- from my hometown, like in high school and stuff like that, they when I see them, they're like, they can't believe that, you know, I came here and I do the podcast and, the own, you know, own the restaurant and stuff like that, because they a lot of them, if they weren't close friends, they they barely heard me speak <laughs> in high school because. I was just, yeah, like I said, really quiet, really shy, but so I'm turning, yeah, I'm 43. So it's been almost half and half life-wise there and here. And I'd say, I like to think of it as kind of like the first half was really shy and the second half I wasn't. And definitely uh, you miss a lot of opportunities if you're, if you're doing the shy thing, Uh, which I mean, it's not something you can control obviously, but I think uh, if you can push it and just go for it, uh, I think you, you, you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take. Right. So just, I don't know. I'm the kind of guy now that just, I'll just try it. Like, you know what, let's just try it. If it doesn't work and it doesn't work. Right. But yeah. I'd say for like the shy thing, like let's say they are five things that you used to turn down. Mm-hmm. Maybe at least now out of the five, you try one try and then one. You see how yeah. that goes. Then, then you maybe try two and you know, you figure out what works for you better. You get yourself out there and you, of course, you can't just suddenly shake it off because, like you of said, course. It's, it's not it's not a choice. No one chooses yeah. to be shy. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah. But you can slowly work your way out of it if you are, you know, willing to, in a sense. Agree. I agree. I just I yeah, you're right. I mean, there's 10 things or five things. Choose one, you know, try it out. There are going to be some mistakes, you know, and, and sometimes when I'm when I'm out doing things, uh, I just think, oh, man, I shouldn't have come. <laughs> you know, but you know, sometimes you're there and you just make it happen. And yeah, I, I remember way back in the day. Uh, uh, I mean, I always get invited to sort of different embassy events and stuff like that. And, and I always say no. And then one time I said, you know what, I'm going to go, this was way back. Right. So I, I, I can't remember which embassy it was. I think it was the Canadian one. And, you know, they're like, Oh, it's like formal dress. And as soon as everything starts saying formal dress, this and that, then for me, that, kind of clicks like yeah i'm not gonna go but one time i said okay you know what let's go so i put a little bit of a suit on 
And, you know, I, I took, you know, I took the MRT downtown and you know what, I went in, I walked in and it was weird. Cause all of a sudden that, that like small town, super shy, I would say this was probably within the last 10 years, maybe I would say, yeah, with for sure within the last 10 years, can't remember quite when. So as soon as I walked in there, it was, I don't know, it was such a, uh, nothing wrong with the place, but I've got that like really weird, like, oh my God, the floor should swallow me up here. You know, I'm like, I don't want to be here. And all of a sudden I kind of just walked around, you know, and I was trying to, it was weird. It was like, I was a kid again. I felt like I'm, I'm trying to be invisible yeah. walking around this place. And then I kind of walked around. I didn't really see anyone I knew. And uh, a few people knew me, but they didn't really come to say anything yet. And I kind of just went in and I was like, and then I, I walked out, <laughs> I left. <laughs> I was like, oh man, I left. I, I just like, boop, jumped back into the elevator. And I'm like, yeah, out of there. I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gone. Yeah. I mean, hey, at least you, you, you made the attempt at that point, yeah, you know, it was so bad. Yeah. yeah. And then, <laughs> the next day. And I was an adult, right? Like probably in my thirties. Right. And I just, yeah. went, and I left, man. So it was, people were messaging me like, Hey, I thought you were coming. And I was like, uh, I'm not going to reply to that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I would answer and I'll be like, Oh, uh, something came up, you know, I had to, I was just, I just got there. Something came up. I had to go, you know, some, yeah. some type of excuse. <laughs> for sure yeah i was that was just like with all the excuses and i was like Ooh. luckily we have messages so we can kind of take our time right and if we make a mistake you don't hit send <laughs> yeah you, you think yeah. about the right response exactly yeah that's what i did crazy so, man so yeah man um when it comes to putting yourself out there you obviously have to do that if you're gonna start a business for sure and so what have been the you know what were the challenges when you first started at the night market? Like, cause you might see a one or two foreign stalls in different night markets, but it's very rare. So yes. what was that like putting yourself out there? You know, more likely you're what the only foreigner there too. For sure. I mean, this was, you got to remember, this was like 15 years ago. Right. So we, we, at that time, there was a, a bunch of, uh, Indian stalls, uh, not quite in the Danshui area, but uh, they used to take the bread and just kind of throw it up like a pizza. And it was like a show. And so those were kind of everywhere at the time. And we started and, you know, we're hand rolling our burrito tortillas and stuff. And yeah, people were just like, oh, no, you know, I, I, I already had Indian this week and stuff like that. And I'd be like, no, no, this is not this is not Indian food. So I think the only night market food at that time that was uh western i mean as western as you say indian would be uh was indian food and so we were the first to do mexican and yeah it was it was a tough one man because they're definitely people didn't know what it was uh but now 15 years later slowly people kind of do um obviously I mean, we get like latinos and we get expats like american and stuff like that but we also get taiwanese people that have traveled uh to like california or Texas or, or one of the Southern states where I, I think all the states has a lot of Mexican, but I'm guessing the closer to Mexico, probably there's more. Uh, I'm not sure, but th that's my guess. So people that have traveled, especially to California will, will come around and, 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 you know, ask for fish tacos and stuff like that. And I feel like not only like for those that have traveled, because there are a lot of 
Latinos and what's not that come here. So some Taiwanese do get to interact with these people. Yeah. And then they kind of want to get to know more about the culture. And sure, Mexican food isn't 100% might be related to what they eat, but it is in some way similar. So it's like, oh, yeah. this is that. Like, you know, for example, with the beans, salty yeah, versus sweet. Yes, for sure. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So the first time I I had, uh, you know, the tsuabi and the shaved ice, um, I went in and they're like, choose your flavors. And I was like, oh, cool. And a mango and, and kiwis and strawberries. And then my Taiwanese friends, they were all choosing like different kinds of beans. And I was looking at them like, are those beans? And they're like, yeah, yeah. And I, <laughs> I tried some of the beans and I was like, what? Sweet beans for me was uh, was it was crazy. I was like, what? That's unbelievable. But uh, yeah, I'm still not like a super fan of them. But I mean, you know, I'm, uh, if they're there, I'll eat it. You know, for, for a long time, I was like, eh, well, that's sacrilege. You can't do it. But, you know, you stay here for a long time and sweet beans. I mean, is it going to be as good as, as you know, garlicky, salty? For me, of course not. Nah, same. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's OK. <laughs> it's not it's not the worst thing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm still at that point where it's like, uh, sacrilege. yeah, <laughs> I know I can't do it. But it took me so long. If you yeah. do, I'm fine with you with them eating it. But for me, it's like uh, I'll pass. Maybe, maybe yeah. next time. Every time, yeah. it's maybe next time. Yeah, I had that with uh, with everyone. Always asks, you know, whenever a Taiwanese interviews you, they're always like, "Oh, have you ever tried stinky tofu?" And yeah, I have tried it once. I tried it kind of like for karma's sake because one of the guys on my street uh, where we were selling burritos, we we. Yeah, he had stinky tofu and we tried it and it's not as bad as it smells. It's just, it's not something that I would be promoting as like the, de this is the delicacy of here because there's a lot of good, good dishes and stuff in Taiwan. And it seems stinky tofu seems to be one of the, one of the more popular ones that people promote, but it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely not my favorite. I do know people that love it though. Foreigners and it's a bit surprising, but <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have not met any foreigners that love it as yet. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You got to stay a while. It takes a while. <laughs> <laughs> and the crazy thing about it is when you smell it, if you're with Taiwanese people, they smell it's like, oh, stinky tofu. You smell that? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, because my, my girlfriend is Taiwanese. She does the same thing. And I'm like, yeah, uh, I don't know about that part. But like, like you said, the taste isn't as bad as the smell, but isn't yeah. something that, you know, it's like. Oh, you have to try stinky tofu. It's a must yeah, have. It's a must have. Yeah. It's like, uh, is it though? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So since we're on the topic of food, you know, yeah. You transitioned from the night market to having an actual restaurant. Yes, I did. We were in Danshui Night Market, uh, Old Street, Lao Jie, for about one year. And when our sort of our one year contract was coming up. The landlord was just like, hey, you know, sign another year. And most people don't know, but that we, we had like one little ping, right? And it was 33,000 in uh, NT a month, 15 years ago, which is uh, 1100 US, 1100 US. And it's basically like one little square uh, where you have your stand. There's no real storage. There's no, you can't really cook there. You have to cook at home and then bring food to sell there. So, and that's an area, Dan Shui, that's not, at least back then, it wasn't a very expensive area, but that little strip was just like crazy. So 
it came to the one year contract and we looked around a little bit. So we took, we looked at a street, just the next street over sort of at the top of the hill, uh, way, way less traffic, you know, way, way crappier location, but for an extra 3000, an extra hundred us a month, we got a whole building, uh, was a three-story building. The first floor was a restaurant. The second floor was an apartment and the third floor was like a big, nice little rooftop. So we were able to get the whole building for basically the same price. Wow. And so we decided, oh man, let's move over and, and do that. And we were actually saving because we couldn't live at the stand. So we also paid another maybe 20 grand somewhere for rent. So we're actually paying less by moving everything there. So we thought that that was a, a good move and we wanted to give people you know, the music and the bright colors and kind of the atmosphere as much as we could. So we figured let's, let's move and let's try it out. Yeah. Because you can't do that much. You can only do so much being in a night market. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We had a, uh, we had like, like, like Latino America, I think similar to Mexico where, you know, the stands you'll have these like pull out sort of front lips on, on the stands. And then you have, chairs there and people will sit at the stand and they'll have your food and they'll have a beer. So we did that. And that was great. I mean, there was always people drinking Corona's and having tacos and stuff there and it was good. But uh, yeah, I mean, as for having a restaurant, there's more, more things to take care of. But what we like is, is if you go into a restaurant, like you don't feel like, Hey, uh, this is Taiwan. You feel like, Hey, this is you know, you feel like, you know, I, I went like an, into another dimension, you know, you've got the music and, you know, sarapes and, and sombreros on the wall and, yeah. and, you know, tacos and the smell of beans cooking and the smell of, of corn, you know, like, yeah. So that, that for me, that smells like uh, what my house smells like uh, at home. And, and when we go to Mexico and we visit family, when anytime anyone's cooking, that's what the house smells like. So I wanted to kind of bring that vibe in. Yeah. Yeah. It makes them it feels like you're teleporting. You're actually there, you know? Yeah. So, so you said you had one, then it went to two, then it went to one and it went like, yeah. Yeah. So, so we did, we had the stand and then we went to the rest of the small restaurant in Denshui. And then we had a, 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 a couple who were friends of ours. They approached us and they told us, look, this would be fantastic in Tianmu. Right. And we, we thought to ourselves, yeah, for sure. But Tianmu is a really expensive area. We definitely, you know, wouldn't be able to afford that. And they said, look, we have a restaurant here in Tianmu and we kind of started it for fun. And we kind of, you know, retirement project, kind of like a, like a passive, maybe passive income, sort of a fun sort of a project. And most restaurant owners that, that know uh, it's, it's, it's not very passive, <laughs> a restaurant, you know, it's, it's not a, a passive thing. I mean, eventually maybe, but for the first few years, for sure not. But uh, yeah, so they said, come look at ours and, you know, we'll give you a good deal. So we went uh, on our next day off, checked it out. It was great. It was a beautiful place. And we said, okay, well, what can we do? We don't really have much money to spend. And they said, you know what, let's just work it out. So they gave us a really good deal and we took it over. We had two restaurants and we just kind of were like, boom, hey, you know what? Uh, next month we're having two restaurants. And yeah, it was tough. It was tough because, I mean, we had gone from you know, not ever thinking of owning a business to owning the stand and then owning a restaurant and then owning two restaurants. And so running one 
is a really big, uh, is a very different set of skills than running two restaurants. And so, yeah, it was good, but it was kind of like, you know, we're going back and forth, putting out fires and we just figured, you know what? My wife uh, was pregnant. We were going to have my daughter and, you know, it was a lot of stress and it was a lot of travel. And we said, okay, so let's, let's pick one. And we decided, of course, the Tianmu one was doing much better financially. And, you know, the cool thing about Tianmu is, you know, there's the spending power. If you, if you give some good food, some good atmosphere, people are going to come and hang out and have a good time. Uh, Dan Shui is a little bit more like rural, right? Like a local sort of an area. So, you know, you bump the price five NT because your costs went up and it's just like, oh my gosh, everyone's telling you all about it. And you're trying to rip people off, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And you're like, Whoa, <laughs> you're like what? So it was crazy. It was crazy. Um, we did that. We went to, we went back to one, sorry. And business was, was, was pretty good. We were packing up the, I mean, for the first few years, it's tough, but eventually we're packing it out. And yeah, I had a, a Mexican customer of mine who became a really good friend who became an investor. He was coming basically every day. They just moved to Taiwan and they didn't live very far from the restaurant. And they would come every, every dinner, every dinner for dinner, like six, seven days a week. And like every day for years. And so we sat down once and, and we just thought, you know what, let's, uh, yeah, you know, what do you want to do? He said, let, let, let's make another one. Let's, let's go, you know, half, half, let's figure it out. So we did figured it out. And, uh, yeah, we did. We opened a second one. We decided let's keep it close by so we can fix the problems. So there's a good thing is, you know, you can go back and forth when they're both busy. Yeah. The bad thing is if they're too close, they kind of compete with each other. And, uh, yeah, but in the end it was okay. Um, we, he was going to go back to Mexico and we decided let's, uh, let's figure it out. So we, 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 we sort of bought him out. Yeah. We, we basically, we bought him out. You know, there's, there's still a few things going on there here and there, but yeah, basically he's out. It's back to ours again. We decided to, uh, close the little one, kind of sell it to someone who was looking for a restaurant for, you know, for very cheap and just kind of pass it, pay it forward. We did that. And yeah, so back to one, Right now we are actually, uh, we hired a sort of a business consultant, like a restaurant specialty, specialty business consultant, and we're fixing all of our issues and we do want to expand again, but we want to do it the right way with like all the systems and all the sort of everything organized the way it should be. And so that, yeah, that's what we're going to do, man. So we're going to expand doing that and, uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, maybe by the end of the year, but probably next year. Cause this, this year I want to go home and, and I don't want to open anything before I go home. But yeah. yeah. You want to be here when it's up and running. So you can at least be around to have it become settled in a sense. Exactly. Yeah. I can't be like, Hey, we're going to open a restaurant here and I'm going back home for a month. So good luck. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Cause yeah. Then when any, any problem arises, like, There's... Oh, they're calling you at some yeah, in the middle of the night. A. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's like, uh, Sometimes I call my mom, you know, and I forget the time, you know, the time difference. It'll be like 4 a.m. And she's just like, what, what happened, Miko? Uh, uh, are you in jail? I'm like, no, no, I'm not in jail. I just forgot the time difference. She's like, okay, okay. You're not in jail, right? Okay, good, good. You know, so, yeah, it's funny. It's pretty funny. So, you know, because you've been doing this for so long, and there are a lot of foreigners that want to stay in Taiwan. And like you said, not everyone likes the teaching English thing. They don't like being teachers. Sure. Um, sure. And maybe finding a different type of job isn't necessarily the most ideal thing. 
Mm-hmm, what would be sure. like some advice you would give out to foreigners that want to start their own business in Taiwan? I would say it's it's not that difficult. I would say try. Uh, it was more difficult before for me because my wife's Taiwanese. It was it was easier. But to just be a straight foreign business, it was very difficult before. But now there are uh, people that that have cracked the code and they've left steps. And and it, it's not that difficult to do anymore. Just I, I mean, if anyone needs. Just uh, you know, hit me up on on an Instagram or, or something like that, and I can plug you into the right guys. But yeah, I think I I always say go for it. I always say try everything because you know what you I don't want to be you know that guy you know eighty or ninety or hundred whatever kind of just in in my bed thinking man I should have just tried that I should have just hired that coach you know it doesn't matter what the price was I should have done that so I figure I'm just gonna try. Pretty much everything, unless it's like something super ridiculous, I'll I'll try it out. And you know what? Sometimes uh, most things fail. I'd say, I've I w- out of ten things, I'll probably try all ten, and then seven will fail. But usually, the three will 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 compensate for that. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I I heard it somewhere once that I think it was on your podcast or someone was okay. like talking about like investors. They like to invest into a lot of things and then they know that most will fail but the ones that do survive yeah you're gonna make way more than what you lost so yeah so usually that's 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 the hope right so for me um i do want to expand and kind of franchise the restaurant uh that's why i hired the professional to sort of organize it and do it the right way so i could ideal situation you know everything's going well you know, I, I, people ask me all the time, you know, hey, let's put an Eddie's here. Let's put an Eddie's there. Uh, but now if ideal situation, I could be like, boom, here's the package. Uh, you know, this is what here's the contract, be a franchise owner, you know, and, and I don't want a huge percent. I just, you know, my my ideal situation is, you know, I would take a little bit, but uh, not so much because I want to make sure that the place is successful, making money. I love I, lo- I love this business. Uh, it's just a lot of work and it took, it took a long time to build, you know, a brand name, you know, when you're new, no one, no one trusts you that much, but it takes a long time to build. But yeah, I think now, now I definitely want to go and try that, but I want to do it the right way. Cause I kind of failed the other way twice. Yeah. Just figuring now nah, I can do it. So I've, yeah, that didn't work twice. So let's do it the right way. Yeah. I'm, I mean, at the end of the day, you live and you learn, right? So yeah, for sure. And like you right. said, you got to spend the money. Yeah. You want to have the regret. And I mean, you already experienced it before. So now it's like, sure. I don't want to go down that road again. Agree. Agree. I mean, I've started the restaurant. We were 28. We had no business experience and we're like, let's just try it. So we did it. And now I'm, you know, yeah, like 43. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of learning on the job, made a lot of mistakes, but I think, um, if you just take care of people, then it, it helps a lot. You know, for me, it's helped me a lot. And I, I've always kind of been a people guy. And, and, you know, we have people come to the restaurant and a lot of them come alone and, you know, just chat and people are having a good time. And yeah, that, that's what I like, you know, and it's my favorite thing is, you know, people leave happy. And that's really the main thing for me. Yeah, for sure. Well, we might have to put a pause in this for now because no problem, brother. Prior to all of this, my Zoom calls used to just run normal. I don't know what all good. what heck I had, but now it's yeah, I can me see I that. A, I can see the yeah, timer. <laughs> the timer. So we'll just 
pause it right here and then we'll restart. Right. Sounds good. Okay, this is, a this is a commercial break. Yep. <laughs> commercial break. Let's go. A few minutes later. Hey, hey, we're back. Okay, yeah, we're back. Right. So, yeah, man, before, you know, we had to take that break, you were mentioning about you just want people to leave the restaurant happy, to enjoy yeah. themselves. You get to talk to a lot of people, and that's where we move into something else that you also do in your restaurant, which is talk to people on your podcast. So <laughs> how did that come about? When, when exactly did you decide, okay, I think I should do a podcast? So, so I've been thinking about doing a podcast for a, for a long time. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of Joe Rogan, right? Uh, and uh, I think, I don't know, a lot of podcasts... A lot of podcasters are fans of Joe Rogan and, you know, I get to meet a lot of really cool people uh, in the restaurant and some of the stories that are shared, you know, just some of the conversations are just, they're so good, you know? And, and I think that uh, Joe Rogan does something that's amazing. You know, he'll have, you know, uh, just this big mix of different, you know, kinds of people from different industries. And I, I always find, I love his stuff. So when I'm working, uh, if I'm exercising, that's one thing, but if I'm working like in the restaurant, if I'm making dough or if I'm doing something where I need to be there for a while, uh, I'll put on some Rogan and it's like, uh, I don't know, it's such a good conversation. It's almost like meditation. I'm just kind of chilling, absorbing some information. Of course, he does so many that, you know, I don't watch all of them obviously, but uh, I'm a big fan. And uh, I started, uh, following him because I'm a big UFC fan. And so he, he's always interviewing fighters and I love that. So in the beginning, what it was, the idea was, uh, similar to Rogan, but I wanted to add food. Right. And I also wanted to, uh, interview, uh, fighters, you know, and I know a lot of fighters out here doing cool things and restaurant owners and entrepreneurs. And so the lid, the list just kept growing. And you know what, there's, I think most people have, have a pretty interesting story and I, I love to hear it and I love to share it. And some episodes are, are a lot more uh, popular than others, but they're all great, man. I love them. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, everyone has a story to share. And it's been ever since I started listening to your podcast, like you said, with Joe Rogan, it's kind of hard to, you know, listen to every episode of a podcast. Yeah. And I've come to accept that because with my very own, it's like, you can't expect people to listen to every podcast you put out if you don't even listen to every podcast that you listen to in the first place, you know? <laughs> yeah, even that too. Yeah. So yeah, like, it's funny. And I remember you talking about you just like hearing people's story. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? He's kind of right. It's kind of the same approach I have with mine, but I just didn't okay. really look at it that much. Yeah. And it's I think we go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't want to cut you off. Now, okay. I, I think that, yeah, we all kind of start. We, well, I want to maybe just do restaurant guys and, and, and fighters. And then you just, you bring different people on and comedians and, 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 you know, like, like you have an international student with a podcast and then you have, uh, you know, the C the CFO of, of Gogoro is, you know, this week. And, and it's just like, it's really a cool, a cool range of people and mix. And, and I just love it. I think it's great. And it's cool when you get to the point where, where people are kind of like, they're talking about it and they're asking you about it, which is, which is nice. Cause in the beginning it's tougher, you know, you, you know, people are like, what, what episode are you on three? 
I'm not going no way, you know? So, so I went through that in the beginning, but yeah, it, it just, you just keep going. And, and now I think it's like one, one thirty eight or something like that. So that that's a, uh, 138 weeks in a row. So it's, that's pretty just consistency. So what made you decide, okay, I want to do this in the restaurant. Like, you know, of course the conversations already happened there, but then yeah. it's a lot of different things going on there to make it actually work. So for me, I know that when you do the research on a, on like a YouTube channel or, or, or a podcast or something, they're always like, you know, pad the room and do everything. And so in the beginning, we used to have this very small office when we had two restaurants and in the back of the office, there was this kind of like beat up storage room and I wanted to do the podcast and I figured, okay, let's, you know, I, I bought this like green screen and I scraped and I painted, you know, and I really cleaned and scrubbed that room up. And so the first, if you go way back before episode one, there was like maybe three or four uh, episodes with like a green screen in the back. And it's, uh, yeah, I can't remember how many we did, but uh, yeah, they were fun, but it was so quiet. And I'm, I'm really like, a, how can I say it? Like, can't say maybe like an entertainer, but I want to be like, you know, you want a beer, you want some food. But if you're, if we were kind of just in the back, you can't, there's nothing. Right. I mean, we'd have like a Louisa coffee down the street or something, but I, I wanted to kind of break those rules a little bit. And, you know, so we did a few in the back there and they were pretty good, but I figured let's, if I do it in the restaurant, I had a few people suggest let's just do it at the restaurant. And I thought, yeah, but that's against the rules of all the audio guys that, you know, yeah. you know that, that are padding their rooms and stuff. And I said, okay, well maybe we can make that work. And I had one, uh, what was it? A blue Yeti, like one USB mic. And I just put it in there and yeah, of course it got the audio of like the whole restaurant. If you go back to episode one, yeah, I mean, you can still hear that it, it's pretty decent, but uh, it was, it was tough. And, and I have a really cool audio friend of mine who, uh, set up my karaoke or so my PA system for karaoke. And he said, you know what, all you need is a cable and you can use that. And I thought, Oh, that, that's going to be cool. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I just thought there was one time where uh, I was uh, Peggy, Peggy teaches Chinese. Uh, she came back to do, to do a podcast in the office. And um, you know, I went to the MRT to pick her up because the, the, the office was by the MRT and I'd go and, and, and she's beautiful. Right. So I'd go and I'd pick her up and we were walking back to the office and it was a bunch of our customers, you know, walking by, they're like, Hey, Hey. And they're kind of like looking at me with like this other, <laughs> cause they all know I'm married. Yeah. Right? <laughs> this other like Taiwanese girl and she's like gorgeous. Right. And, and everyone's like, Oh, what's up? And I'm like, Oh no, we're just, I'm just going to take you to the back of the office. And we're going to make a video to the back of the office. You know, <laughs> I didn't even think, right. I was just like, yeah, we're just going to go to the back of the office, make a video. And they're just like, uh, okay. And then when we started walking, I thought, Oh, wait, shoot, I said the wrong thing, you know, because I wasn't thinking about it. It was just, it was crazy. And, and so I thought if we could do it in the restaurant, it might be, it might be like a showpiece as well. You know, when people can walk by and check it out and then that way I can give food, I can give drinks. I don't know. I just thought if it works, you know, I, let's try it out. We pick a slow day and we did, it used to be a Wednesday uh, then it got really busy. So we moved it to Tuesday and yeah, it was, it was, I don't know. We thought let, let's just try it out. We can give food and also another, uh, 
YouTube channel that I love is uh, Hot Ones, right? And so we thought, what kind of food should we do? And because we started on Wednesday, I thought, well, wings are half price on Wednesday. Maybe we'll do we'll do something similar to them. And so we, there was a lot of uh, adjustments, but uh, I thought, okay, let's do, you know, like reasonably spicy. And then the last one, just like really spicy. And, and it gets most people, man, didn't get you. You were good on the last I one. I mean, bro. I mean, it did. Yeah, get you were pretty little, good. It got, it got me a little bit. The, yeah. the crazy thing about that is because it happened after the episode. So it hit me at, you know, when you just bite into it, it's like, oh, what is he talking about? This is nothing. Yeah. Then it yeah, hits yeah. you like that. It slowly starts to creep up on you. Yeah. Yeah. And then you gave me two key things. You gave me two tips to remember. Yeah. Wash your hands <laughs> before true. you touch your eye, yeah. eyes and before you go pee. Yeah, man. That's a rough one. I forgot about that one. Oh, most people do. That's why I say it. <laughs> and so I'm like, when we left the restaurant, we're walking. Like, oh, I'm oh. like, wait. Ah, damn. Yeah, I forgot about that part. Forgot about rule number two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, ah. Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't too bad, but it's like, you know, it could have been avoided. Could have been avoided. Yeah. It's it's funny. Yeah. Because I always mention that and, and, and people usually, they're like, okay, they don't touch their, their eye. But, you know, I'm like, we're done. Wash your hands before you pee. They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Then they come back and they're like, oh. Did you wash your hands before you peed? They're like, no. <laughs> I'm like, I know. I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. They're like, oh, yeah, all uncomfortable. So yeah, I figured I want to give food. I want to give some beer. I want to give, I want to give the whole kind of like the service thing, but uh, yeah, something different. You know, eventually I'd like to take out like a little bit of a uh, portable setup and, and, and go out go out to like other restaurants and stuff like that. So I do have, I did do it once, but the audio wasn't very good. So I have to tweak, you know, the wireless stuff always throws me off, but uh, yeah, I love having everything wired, but yeah, I want to go out and do different restaurants and different events and stuff like that, but we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. You know, like you said, you basically do your podcasts. It's an unconventional, it's an unconventional way. Yeah. Noise in the background, um, everything, but I think it works for you. One, because when you listen to the podcast, you don't really hear that much of the background noise in the restaurant. Okay, cool. We try. We really try. But yeah, I feel like but it adds a little something to it, because then when you're watching, it makes you feel in some sort of way like you're actually at the restaurant, too. Okay. Okay. well, that's great. I like that. But also, like, you know, if you want to have the your guests, you know, you're eating, drinking, if it would be too quiet. Every time they set the glass down, you're going to hear the bang every yeah. time, every little, they might lick their fingers. You might hear every little sound. So, you know, that background noise helps to disguise it. Yeah, that, that make that's cool. I, I never thought about that. I, I know yeah. that I try to uh, just, you know, give people the feeling of, you know, I know that there are some really popular YouTube channels out there that, you know, a lot of single people put them on as like background, you know, music you know, it's just a family eating, you know, just, you know, like, and those are huge channels because people are, you know, when they come home and they're eating their dinner, maybe, maybe they're alone. They want to have, you know, some, some background noise. So that, that's kind of what I was thinking, hoping, hoping that's what you, you know, we would get out of it because 
yeah, you know, it's like, you know, you grab your meal, you grab your food or whatever you want to do. You throw on the podcast and you, you know, you just kind of enjoy and you have a beer and you have some food with, with whoever's there. Yeah. So the question, uh, another question is like, why did you decide to make it be like a video podcast? You know, cause it's one for yeah. me, it's one thing to just be here recording by myself at times, or even if it's a call and it's just 100% audio, it's still a little bit challenging and, you know, adding a video adds a whole other dimension to it where it's yeah. like, if you're not used to talking in front of a camera, you're like, where to look, um, don't like try to avoid staring into the camp, staring into yeah. the camera, you know? So like, yeah. how did you decide? Okay. Right off the bat, let's do this audio. So, so, um, that's actually an easy I mean, one to answer. Let's do it video. Yeah. Sorry. Video, right? Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you, brother. Um, so there's two things that we do that I think a lot of people don't do is uh well, they do video, right? But we do it live. And 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 so we do video and we do it live. Uh the reason is, the very first reason was because um I just at that time Rogan was on YouTube, right? And that's what he did. And I, I didn't really listen to that many other podcasts you know, two, two, three years ago. And so I just thought, I guess that's what you do. You just do it live yeah, <laughs> and you just do it on YouTube. Right. And the second thing, yeah, people always say, why do you do it live? And I say, again, I was watching, you know, at that time, Rogan doing it live. And I just said, okay, that's, I guess everybody does it live. Let's, let's just do it live. Yeah. I mean, we didn't, I didn't really have any experience. I just thought, you know, Rogan for me is, was the best, is the best. I love Rogan. And I figured, you know, that's what he's doing. So I said, eventually I'll figure out how to have different angles and stuff and just do it all live because that's what Rogan does. And the last part of that was for me to do it live. Um, I, you, you obviously know more than, more than other people would, uh, like the post-production, you know, like at the end, when there's a podcast, you know, you got, you take your audio and I don't know, video, whatever you've got. And, you know, you kind of, chop out, clean it up, whatever you do, different things. Uh, for me, uh, I'm like, oh, I'm always working on so many different projects and this is kind of like a labor of love. So we go in and I set up my one day a week. That's like my podcast day. You know, I get everything ready and we do it. You know, we get the thumbnail and stuff done. Hopefully the same evening Audio's up, everything's up and you know, it's all done in one day. And then the next day it's like, okay, I'm back to doing everything else. Yeah. So, so I try to keep everything. I mean, I'm not always successful, but I try to keep everything in a box and I love podcasts and I want to do it forever. So it's kind of like, here's your one day, get the questions, get the pictures, get everything set up, get the angles. Uh, hopefully, you know, you get to strip the audio, upload it to, you know, pod.co so they can distribute it to everywhere. And just, it's done. If you can get the thumbnail, you're done and then boom. Okay. You're good for, for six days. Yeah. So I try to, I try to do it like that. Uh, yeah, I guess that that's kind of the answer. I mean, it makes sense because it can be a pain in the ass when you have to be editing the stuff. And like, because I'd say majority of my episodes are just by myself. So when you're by yourself, it's, it's easier to make mistakes because you it's have to keep by yourself. You have yeah. to keep it going all on your own and then you might make a couple really bad mistakes and you're like okay i gotta listen to all of this to make sure i cut it out 
Yeah. And then after a while, it gets to the point where it's like, man, I'm, I'm getting tired of listening to all of these episodes from, start, yeah, listen- you know, because it already takes you some time to record. Then you got to go over and edit the whole thing. Then you got to worry about, you know, all the other stuff, uploading it, adding a description. It's like, ah, damn. Yeah. So, so, so that's the thing. I mean, for me, yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, I've never had to do that, but I just know that it's, it's a lot. Cause I have friends that have done that do a lot of video and stuff like that. So they say, you know, if it's going to be like, you know, a five minute video, you know, takes like five hours of editing or something, you know, and it's, it's, it's like, wow, I, I, I just want to share some cool conversations, you know, and there's not really any special effects or anything that, that I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to be like a Logan Paul or something, you know, or YouTuber or anything like that. I just, there's cool people with cool stories. I just want to share them, you know, that that's it. And I think that works for you as well, too, in a sense that, you know, like I said, when you're having a conversation, you might make a little mistake here and there, but it's very minor and leaving it in allows for the people that go back to check it out to, you know, to see that's an, it's an actual genuine conversation. It's just happening as it goes. So it gives like a real life feel to it. Yeah. I, I, I think that's great. You know, I just, sometimes like before I did the podcast, I would be having a conversation with somebody and some of them would just turn out to be like, wow, this is super meaningful, great conversation. And I would just think, you know, if I just put a microphone in the middle of us and we just did that, that'd be great. You know? And, and then, so I, I start, like I said, I looked into it and then I didn't really listen to any other podcasts at that time and just, just Rogan. And so I looked at him and I was like, okay, well, I guess, I guess I better do what he's doing. So, okay. So we're going to go live and we're going to do video because that's what Rogan does. So that that's, that's what I did. Yeah. I figured out, you know, I don't want to learn five different ways of how to do it, like six different softwares and stuff like that. I just want to learn one, learn it well, and then, and let's go. Yeah. So that's kind of what I did. And if it works for you, then you just keep doing it. So far, so good. I think. Yeah. So, okay. Based on when I was there last time, I didn't have a YouTube channel, but like with my guest episodes, I'm starting to record videos and put the same. So I'm keeping it 100% unedited. Beautiful. I love it. So, yeah. This one, for example, is going to be up there Saturday night. So beautiful, brother. And so, if, like I said, if it's unedited, then you can just kind of like, obviously, we took a break. You just put them together. Yeah, just put them together and, and upload. And throw it up. Any yeah. mistakes I make in speaking, if I stutter, I'm fine with it. You know, yeah, yeah, whatever it is. Like, I will. I will stutter or something once in a while. It's just, it's just natural, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think the hardest thing at first was because, you know, when I was bringing on people, at the beginning, they weren't necessarily used to being on a podcast. Yeah, for sure. So like when you ask questions or because I'm new to it as well, I might have bumps in the road and it's like, uh, uh, uh what, what's this next question? Or they might not be ready to answer a question. So it's like a huge pause in between. So it's, it's tough. Like, yeah. Those things you got to cut out. That's but tough. Yeah. It's a process. So anyways, enough about podcasts. All right. I know, I know there's something about? else that you're, crazy about okay you've even to the point where it's accepted at your restaurant as a oh yeah method. i know what we're talking yeah mm-hmm. and it's not really something i have any knowledge about 
I've heard okay. about it in different episodes on your podcast. So crypto, okay. you know, what, crypto. why crypto? What this made you decide why or who influenced you to be like, I should. So there's two this. guys. There, there are two guys. Uh, yeah. That, it, that, that turned me onto this account. Um, I haven't been in it long, maybe, a, maybe two years, maybe less than two years, maybe a year and a half. I'm, I'm always, like I said, uh, I'm sort of the entrepreneur. Uh, I want to try. I'll probably try everything. Uh, a long time ago, someone told me about Bitcoin, but it was way too early and I had no idea what it was. And I really think that it depends who introduces it to you because the guy who introduced it to me, great guy, but he's always that guy who's kind of like bouncing from opportunity to opportunity. And he's always kind of, you know, kind of broke. And it's like, uh, you know, this is, you know, I mean, it's hard to take that advice, you know, but uh, yeah, there was a few people that, that, that said, you know, try it out and, you know, put a little bit in and play with it. And I thought, well, no, I'm not an investor or anything like that. But then I thought, you know what, why not? Let, let's see how difficult it is to set up a wallet. And, and it was not, it was not, it was pretty easy to do. Um, there's a few times I was looking at stocks and I'm like, oh God, I don't, I don't know anything about stocks. And I tried to set up the equivalent of a wallet, sort of like a, uh, like somewhere where I could, you know, buy and, and sell and trade stocks. It was so difficult. Even recently I tried to do it again and, and it was like, oh, I had to go through so much, so many hoops and yeah, it was, it was weird. Anyway, I didn't get it done, but uh, with crypto, I don't know. It's, it's, it just hit me as something that it's a good opportunity. Uh, I always like to try things. And I, and I think if, if, if we can, like, I'm not really a, super wealthy or anything like that. And I'm not like super greedy. I don't need to be rich, but I, I always think that uh, from, that's so it's a weird thing, but I don't think I've ever said this on camera, but there's always this time where in a family, right? There's always somebody who took that chance to kind of take the family to the next level. You know, you, you know, there's a rich uncle or a rich grandpa or somebody yeah. that just worked his ass off and he took that chance to, kind of elevate the whole family, you know? And I think if I've got that chance, if that's my chance, then, then let's go for it. Right. So as an entrepreneur, I'm always thinking if there's going to be more ways for me to have uh, some kind of passive income, yeah. Uh, yeah. that's, it's difficult, but uh, it's definitely possible. Yeah. So, so I think crypto is a good thing. There are different opportunities in crypto. Obviously right now, I don't know if how much you, how well you follow it, but there was a, a really amazing coin, a promising coin called uh, Terra, Terra's coin called Luna. And it was like pegged to be one of the best things. And it was, it had its own like uh, ecosystem with its own stable coins. It was amazing. And it just crashed. It went from like 80 bucks to like right now it's less than a penny, like half a penny or something. Like it's crazy. People wow. lost billions. Yeah. But I, I think that there's, there's, there's opportunities everywhere. I mean, obviously be careful. And, and what I suggest is try it. Everyone should try it. Uh, don't like, do it like gambling, you know, like when you see some kind, sometimes there's people that they'll like bet the farm or bet the house or bet, you know, the kid's tuition or, or something yeah, don't that, that do doesn't that. make sense. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. I would never do that. Um, yeah. So just kind of try, try a little bit here, a little bit there. There's something called dollar cost averaging, which is like, you know, maybe once a week, you throw in 10 bucks on Bitcoin or 20 bucks on Bitcoin and then, you know, or, or whatever, once a month or whatever it is. And then, you know, time goes by and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, there's, there's some money there. I think it's a little better than, than like sort of a bank savings account 
where you know it's it's going to be zero point you know zero 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 one yeah that, that, that little that little you get is like nothing you know yeah and and then when then there's like inflation prices go up so it's like i'm not a super like financial guy but yeah you know, if things are going up, let's say in the States, 8%, you know, and your bank, you know, a year, and then your bank is giving you like 0.05% in your bank. It's like, wait a minute, you're losing. So yeah, you got to try something. Yeah. So when you got into it, what were like things you did, like, well, things you used to get more information about it to understand it better? So of course, YouTube has tons of videos, right? Which is good. Uh, I definitely talked uh, to these two guys. Uh, there's a two, two, two guys that helped me out. Uh, yeah, these two guys, Eduardo and, and Joseph, uh, one's in Canada, one's, one's in Shinju. Uh, they said, you know what, try it out. And, and, you know, if I have tips or whatever, I'll definitely pass them on to you. You know, go. What I did first was I set up a local wallet uh, called Bitto EX, right? So you get your Bitto EX set up in Taiwan and, you know, you go through all the paperwork. And so the last paperwork thing is connecting it to a local bank account. So I went through all of that and, you know, I put, I, I, I with that, you can go to family Mart and buy like Bitcoin or you can buy uh, Ethereum. Uh, and there's another one called uh, Tether USDT, which is basically the digital dollar where you can go and buy anything anywhere else. So yeah, you can go in and you can buy that. And and I think that was pretty cool. So I did that. And then I, you know, I was able to put some in and then, you know, pull it out through my bank account. So it, you know, it actually worked. And I think start slow. I think, I think look at some of the bigger, the bigger ones. I mean, you can, you know, you can, you can risk a little bit, you know, 50 bucks or a hundred bucks on something that's, that could be huge or could disappear. But I think the main ones like Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum, stuff like that. Um, there's a couple of other ones, uh, Solana, stuff like that, that those are, those are pretty good. And I think, yeah, you can't go wrong with those. I mean, those will never disappear. Unfortunately, the one that was, that crashed like a hundred percent, basically it's still there. It's still there. I bought some recently just to, you know, sometimes those things, they go back up and, you know, yeah, you you never know. yeah if you put a hundred bucks in there and, you know, it's like under a penny and, and it goes to a dollar. It's like, whoa, all right. You know, so just kind of like, that's kind of gambling, but I mean, yeah, for, for something else. Yeah. I, I would definitely look at the bigger ones. And, and if you're really interested, there are some really good YouTube channels that can, that tell you about each particular sort of coin, which is a different project. Some are great. Some, some not so much, but I think eventually things are moving that way. So I think it's good for, yeah, especially, I mean, I'm, I think your, your listeners are probably a younger crowd. I'd, I'd say, try yeah. it out, go try it out. Don't spend too much, you know, 20 bucks here, 20 bucks there right now, everything's really low, honestly. So I think even if you put in a little bit now, kind of by the end of the year, it should be maybe double or something, you know, it could be good. Yeah. You know, what's crazy is that you mentioned that you can buy it at what well, you said, family mart and family those mart, type yeah. Of place. yeah. Um, I was recently, cause I live in Chillin. Okay. I was around the night market and I saw like this little room set up and it had the Bitcoin sign. Oh yeah. And I'm like, Oh, like just a bunch of little Bitcoin machines, like just like screens yeah. that. In Shillin? Yeah. Oh, I got to go see it. Yeah. Cause people yeah, tell like, me about those and I'm like, Oh, where are they? I want to see them. Yeah. I mean, if I pass by, I'll probably send you a picture next time Please I see do, it. Brother. Because yeah. it's like, it's like really, you know, where the, where the old movie theater used to be. Yes. 
Okay. Yeah. It's like, it's like across from that, a little alley across the street. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So it's right there. You know, you know, somebody is setting the, so one of the reasons, again, we're accepting crypto uh, because we can set up the percentage that we take when someone buys crypto. We can actually, we actually do sell crypto as well. So we can set the percentage and we're trying to put it as a very, at a very, like a low percentage. Uh, we haven't promoted or anything yet, but uh, the idea is, you know, if we can set up this little machine as well in different areas, similar to that, uh, not quite as fancy, but I know that from what I hear, those machines uh, charge you 12% per a transaction, which is, is pretty high, right? So if we could, yeah, I mean, but if people are spending yeah, I'm, I'd love to, you know, spend spend some time just hanging out in front of them just to see how many people are using it, right? That'd be really cool. Yeah, I don't have much free time, but it'd be cool <laughs> to know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for someone like yourself that's into it, yeah, definitely worth checking out for sure. Yeah, because because I mean, I know a lot of business owners, and you know what, no one's really accepting crypto, uh, but but I mean, if the opportunity's there, then I then I would like to take this product that, that, uh, you know, I, I'm working with this, this company called Pundi X, uh, work with them to, to do more. Yeah. Cause you know, I don't think it's too early. I think it's, I think it's good. I think eventually more places will be, will be using it, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we're the first restaurant and that'd be cool if, if we could, you know, grow it a little bit. Yeah. yeah for help, sure. Actually help people. Yeah, for sure. And you know, the crazy thing about crypto is, I actually first heard about Bitcoin in like about 2015. So I was watching this movie oh, and, wow. okay. and in the movie they had to like, there was just like, you know, a bunch of nerds, if you want to call them that. Sure. 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 Um, they ended up around like a drug dealer. They ended up with some cocaine in their bags and they had to try and sell it. And so they got in contact with this guy who knew like stuff on the dark web. Okay. And he was talking about, okay, you accept Bitcoin and blah. blah. I'm like, at that point in time, when I heard Bitcoin, I just Bitcoin. thought of it. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I just thought that was something that was made up for the movie, you know? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? Yeah. And then you fast forward five years later, and it's like, oh, wow. Bitcoin. It is yeah. pretty big. Yeah, it is. I think, I think, um, yeah, man. I, I mean, like I, like I said, it's been a while, and but I don't really know. Uh, I didn't really know much about it until I thought, okay, things are good. Restaurants good. All right, let's go. I need to, to, to invest a little bit and, and try it out. You know, like I said, try 20 bucks here or, or 50 bucks here. What I'm talking US, right? Whatever, 20 bucks or, you know, if it's NT, you know, try a thousand or a 500 here or there. I th I'd, I'd say, you know, I'd say try it out. And, you know, I got a family, I got a daughter, you know, I, you know, I got things to take care of. So, ideally if there's more than one you know streams of income coming in uh that's great yeah and at the same time you're not going to be taking too high of a risk as well so yeah yeah like like if someone takes my 20 dollars, yeah that sucks but it's not the end of the world right yeah it's yeah. only yeah it's not too bad yeah all right yeah well man thank you for this good conversation my pleasure brother thank you for having me here but before you go i have some just some little quick fire questions just right Let's off the top it. of your head. Um, Boom. First of all, favorite meal in Taiwan? Uh, Gong bao ji ding, kung pao chicken. Uh, the there's, actually, there's actually the, one the, the, in the Shui where they... Yeah, that's it. Go ahead. Yeah. The, the foreigner answer. That's the for, but there's actually one in Dan Shui where instead of chicken, they use uh, pig intestine. Oh. Right? So it's the kung bao pig intestine. 
that's the best. That's better than chicken. Okay, okay. There's only one place I know that does it though, but yeah, it's fantastic. It's it's rare to find. Yeah, it's the 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 gong bao fei chang something like that, and and it's like a pig intestine. They deep fry it and then they toss it in with the gong bao, the kung pao stuff, and then it comes out super crunchy. It's, it's like a, it's like tripas, but but like yeah, I don't know. It's super good, man. I love okay. it. I could eat it daily. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, um, why should people check out? Eddie live. They should check it out if they want to. There's first of all, there's a few different reasons. If they're locals in Taiwan, uh, they can. People always want to practice their listening, their conversation, and their comprehension skills. Yeah. So we will eventually add subtitles, but again, I'm just you know we're kind of just like a one man show. But I would like to add that because I think uh, the conversations would benefit a lot of people. And also, if you want to hear co- cool conversations about. Uh, just people doing cool things, man. We got, you know, we got you on there. Uh, we have uh, CFOs and CEOs of big companies. We have uh, comedians, fighters, entrepreneurs, restaurant owners. People just from all over. People. All over, man. It's, it's, we sometimes do, the, do them in, in Chinese and in Mandarin Chinese. Much more difficult for me. But that's my way of uh, when I find a, a local guy who's doing something amazing and they're like, oh, my English isn't good. I'll be like, that's okay. Let's do it in Chinese. Yeah. So let's let's try. So so definitely, yeah. Try it out. That, you know about you know about so. that. Um, with the subtitles, I think YouTube can auto generate. Sometimes it might not be one hundred percent accurate. Yeah, but like because I I just recently uploaded all my episodes to YouTube. Okay, and Beautiful. I was just I was just running through them, and I saw that the auto generated subtitles weren't weren't pretty bad. Okay, yeah. okay. I'd like I'd like to try that. Ideal, ideal. I would love to have my my Your own. English and yeah. then Chinese subtitles. Oh, ideal, ideal. Oh, that Chinese subs. Oh, yeah. But I would like to have both, but I don't want to sit there. You know, I also don't want to pay someone to go through hours and hours and hours and, you know, subtitling. But we'll see. We'll see. There's a couple I, I think, softwares I'm looking at. Yeah, yeah. There, there's probably something out there that can, you know, of course, pick up the English and then it just yeah. automatically translate it. That would be unbelievable. But yeah. the problem is, you know, it translates. Some things it's might not, gonna not be as good. Yeah, it won't be as good for sure. The grammar but, might be wrong or something. Yeah. But as long as they get the idea. Yeah, I mean, I just, yeah, th- that's much better than than hiring a full time person to just transcribe my stuff, right? That's, yeah, I can't do that. You know, that's like another staff. That 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 that's another thing, another mouth to feed, and it's like I'm, I'm just doing this for fun. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And last but not least, I like to ask people to, you know, give us a favorite quote of theirs, something that you try to live by. Okay. Um, ooh, there's so many, man. Uh, but one I will think of right now is, uh, you know, Conor McGregor. Yeah. Yeah. So lately, obviously, he's kind of gone off and he's kind of, you know, a little, a little wild. But uh, a little bit earlier, Conor McGregor, uh, he got interviewed once and he said, uh, they said, before you fight someone, before you get into an octagon with somebody, do you have to hate this person? And he said, how can I hate someone who has the same dreams as me? And when I heard that, it really clicked with me because being a restaurant owner, um, people would always say, oh, there's another restaurant opening up, you know, and, and they're kind of like, oh, it's, there's another Mexican place or there's another this, or there's another Mexican guy. And when you're new, when you're very, very new, you're kind of like, oh shit, oh shit, I gotta go check it out. I hope it's not better than mine. But after you, you know, you stay in there for a while, 
you know, it doesn't matter. It's like, you know what? Good luck. I, I hope he does well. I've even had a Mexican restaurant owners on my podcast to help them promote. Cause you know yeah. what? We're the good guys, man. You know, I just, just trying to help out the good guys. And, and, and I think that, yeah, in the beginning I would have definitely been scared, but after a long time, you know what, how, how could I, how could I wish something bad onto this other guy who's basically, basically trying to do like the same me. thing? Yeah. You basically know, me, you know, he's basically me, whether he's ahead or a few years behind is basically me. So how can I, how can I wish anything bad to this guy? Yeah. That, so once Conor McGregor said that, I was like, yes, he basically yeah. nailed it because that's how I feel. Yeah. That's, that's very true. Cause when you're just starting. Yeah. You're scared, you're, right? Yeah. Like you're that. very scared and anything feels like, okay, they're coming for me. Even if some people, let's be real. Yeah. There are people in life that are trying to knock you sure. out. That's of why course, they start. That's why they start their business, but not everyone yeah. has that intention. Yeah. But sometimes we think that everyone does. So. Yeah, you're kind of, you know, uh, one other thing was uh, before before we go here, um, the restaurant, you know, a lot of there was another quote that basically said something uh, like, worry about your customers, not your competition, right? Because, you know, there's a lot of people similar, similar thing, you know, they're doing their own business, but they're kind of looking out the window and they're looking at all these other businesses and they're like, Oh, what's that guy doing? What's that guy doing? Oh, oh he's, Oh, he stole my idea or this and that. Whereas, you know, if you just turn around, if you just, you know, you turn around and you look and your own restaurant actually has people in there. Right. And these people are, they're having a good time. So make sure they have a good time. Uh, make sure everyone's happy. Of course, a hundred percent efficiency on that is impossible. Yeah, I've got a lot of five star reviews, a lot of four. I have some ones. It is what it is. But you know what? Have a look around. Make sure the people in your business, in your restaurant, you're taking care of them, and they're going to come back and they're going to bring people. So that's what I think. Yeah, for sure. Try your best to control what you can control. Yeah, I mean, sit there sleepless nights doesn't doesn't make sense. All right, man. So like you know, we we have this timer, but. Let the, let the people know where they can find you, where they can find a restaurant for those that don't know. Okay. So if you guys are in Taipei, in the Tianmu area, eddiescantina.com, we are on Tianmu East Road, number 63. Come and check us out. We are right now open six days a week. We will be seven very soon when we have enough staffing to do that. We're working on that right now. Uh, if you want to check out the podcast, go to the domain www.eddy.live that's www.eddy.live i purchased the domain name to make it easy for everybody you put that in and it'll go right to the youtube channel if you got want to hear the audio only versions they're all up on spotify and and, and itunes and, and wherever you listen to your favorite podcast perfect man well you know thank you for taking the time thanks, out thanks for thanks, having me thanks for joining me here it's been a good talk once again. My pleasure, bro. We'll do it again sometime. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> and with that said, I'll be catching you guys on the next episode. Peace. Take care, guys.